welcome to this mini-episode of the National Trust podcast. In this episode, we'll be hearing some soon-to-be-extinct sounds. I've walked into a rather unexpected room, an exhibition, The Clock Stops is the title of it. Nostal Estate is the birthplace of the famous clockmaker John Harrison. I am very surprised to see this beautiful clock, which I think has been ticking for 300 years. I can't believe it. John Harrison's clock. It's got a, a very pretty but quite conventional brass face with the name John Harrison engraved on it. So Roman numerals with quite a lot of embellishment on the front. It's been taken out of its case so we can see, which is very unusual, the pendulum ticking gently away. But you've got two weights. One to keep the clock ticking, the other to make it sound. And there's a bell on the top. All very ordered. Now, going round the side, I am very surprised to see that. A clock made out of wood. I mean, what a very improbable medium. But, I mean, if I could make components like that out of timber, I would die happy for sure. My goodness me, what beautiful construction. A whole network, a lattice of interconnecting cogs and bits of wire. This looks intriguing. Hi, I'm Rose Stanyan and I'm the Senior Visitor Experience Officer here at Nostal. Rose, tell me about this wonderful clock. Well, I think over the last year we've all sort of fallen in love with this clock. Um, last year we celebrated its 300th birthday and it was made by the famous 18th century inventor John Harrison. So John Harrison was born of quite humble origins here, just behind Nostril. He was self-educated and his father was a carpenter. And John Harrison had a kind of flair for engineering and carpentry skills. So he started building wooden clocks. So this was when he was in his 20s, and there's three of those wooden clocks that survive now. So John Harrison went on in his life to solve the greatest problem of the 18th century, which was the longitude problem, which was how do you tell the time at sea? So Isaac Newton famously said that the longitude problem would be impossible to solve. And then a man with no formal education, born here in Yorkshire, went on to solve this problem and sort of revolutionised how people could travel the world. And this was kind of his stomping ground as a child. So it's nice to think that such an important part of his work is now displayed here in the house, just so close by to where he was born. How absolutely wonderful. I'm looking at this. I mean, this is the, the beginning of his career, really, isn't it? And the materials used in the making of this clock are things that would have come from less than a mile away from here, I would guess, a lot of them. A timber mechanism. Yeah, so it's made using oak and boxwood to make the um, mechanisms inside. I think had John Harrison had a more formal education as a clockmaker, he probably would have been told that wood is no good to make clocks with. But actually, because he had a carpentry father who worked in carpentry, and he had this kind of engineering flair, he took the materials that were around him and made this amazing clock. What interests me enormously is was, this clock is made in 1717. I mean, the long case clock had been around for a long time. What was it that was peculiar to this design that he was experimenting with? So the actual mechanisms of the clock aren't that unique. I think what's unique about this clock is the man who made it and the fact that this clock shows us a stepping stone in his journey to becoming a genius inventor. 
in the 18th century. Because what he's doing here is mastering the craft of physically having to make these components. And once he had that, he was able to then adapt the components into new forms that accommodated different uses. Is that the thing? Yeah, absolutely. I think this clock shows us an insight maybe into John Harrison's mind, mm. that he didn't just follow the kind of established patterns of how people worked at that time. And when you look inside and you look at the wheels, each one of them is hand-carved by John Harrison. And each of the pieces in the wheel can actually slot out so they could be repaired and slotted back in perfectly. So you can just see his kind of skill and creative flair coming through in this one object that then obviously went on to support him in solving one of the greatest scientific problems of that time. So what's the difference in time between the making of this clock and his great breakthrough? John Harrison dedicated his whole life to solving the longitude problem. But he was in his 80s when he eventually was awarded the prize money for solving the clock. And he was in his 20s when he made this clock here at Nostal. So you could just see a man who was so dedicated and would persevere and just wouldn't give up. Even when he made successes, he wasn't treated particularly well. He had quite a frosty reception when he went down to London by a lot of scholars at the time. You know, people would tell him, you're not going to work, just give up, John. But he didn't. And he persevered until, as I said, when he was in his 80s, he finally was awarded the prize money. What a very inspiring story, a real determination there. It's a 300-year-old clock <laughs> and it's been ticking away. I mean, surely it's wearing out. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone who's been working for 300 years would absolutely be in need of a break. So this clock has wooden mechanisms, as we've said within it, and every time it runs, those parts are getting worn out. So we got to a point where actually we need to start to try and balance the conservation of this amazing object with the kind of enjoyment and access people really want to get from this clock. There's something really special about standing in front of this clock and listening to it ticking and hearing that escapement um, ticking and moving those cogs along as it will have done for hundreds of years. But actually if we keep running this clock, eventually we would need to start repairing the parts and then is it still John Harrison's clock if we start to repair the bits of it through time? So last year, we started to debate with our visitors, actually, what should we do? And it's been lovely to come into this exhibition through the year and hear visitors having quite robust debates. You know, we've had children in here debating with their parents whether we should stop this clock or if we should keep it running and repair the parts, you know. John Harrison was an engineer, so if he was here today, you know, would he tinker with it and just fix it and keep it running? Because he made this as a, a clock, not as a kind of piece of art. But actually, the National Trust is a conservation charity, and our job is to look after this object forever for everyone. So if we sort of use it up in our lifetime, actually, that's not fair on future generations. So we have to try and be fair to people in the future that everyone gets access to this clock. So something that's been suggested quite often is maybe we run it every year on John Harrison's birthday, for instance, and it makes it a really special occasion where you could come to Nostal and hear this clock ticking on his birthday um, is one of the things that's been suggested. I'm just looking actually behind you on this wall. You've got visitors' comments. I like this one. I like it with a smiley face. Make a replica to keep turning, running and preserve the original. That's good. It should be wound on Christmas, New Year, Easter. Valentine's Day, another special day. Handle it with love. I think that's the key thing. And you clearly have been. It's loved. As the clock's ticking, you're both kind of amazed to watch that 
escapement, pushing the wheels round in the clock and kind of regularly monitoring time as it passes. There's something quite reassuring about that. But I suppose at the same time, there's a constant worry of... It is a temperamental clock, it is quite old, um, and actually sometimes at the moment it does stop of its own accord and we need to kind of tinker with it or bring experts in to get it running again. So we feel like we're kind of holding its hand at the moment and keeping it going as long as we can. So I think there will be a sense of reassurance actually if this clock is stopped and then we can look forward to when it runs on special occasions and I think that will make it even more special if we know once, twice, three times a year the clock will be wound and run. It's something to really look forward to and it's something to really celebrate and I think this clock deserves that. Thanks for listening to this mini-episode and don't forget to subscribe to the series to catch next month's episodes. Alan Power will be taking you through a spectacular garden, Sheringham Park in Norfolk. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.